One of the most powerful places in Europe that I've found for understanding Jewish history and civilization is Prague in the Czech Republic. It was an important center for Jewish mystics in the Middle Ages. The community prospered during the Renaissance, and by the early 18th century, Prague had the largest Jewish community in the world. But barely two generations ago, Hitler planned to house a museum there to showcase the artifacts of the Jewish culture he planned to wipe out. Today, Prague is home to a fraction of the Jewish population it had before 1940. Yet it has some of Europe's most important sites connected to Jewish history. Joining us from Prague to help us plan a visit to the city's Jewish quarter are Katerina Svobodova and Jana Hrankova. Jana, Katerina, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Katerina, when you think about Hitler creating this museum, what was Hitler's vision for post-World War II Jewish Museum in Prague? Well, basically, that's about the irony I think you were talking about already. I mean, when you hear this thing came into his mind, like, you just can't believe it. Like, why they wanted to show the the whole world, you know, that this was the culture of people whom they exterminated. So then for me, when I heard that first time, I just could not really, I still actually cannot understand the idea of that. But on the other hand, that's why these days we can show all these great sites to our visitors who come there. So these are the treasures of the different synagogues and so on brought yeah, to the are, capital city mm, and shown off in what were synagogues. Yeah. I would say that because of this, we have also one of the biggest collection of Judaica. You know, if you compare the other European cities, that's just because we had all those synagogues filled with all those items, and we still have many, many of them. They are in deposits. And Now, Jana, I understand that, that Hitler actually ordained Jewish citizens to administer this museum during the Holocaust? Yeah, well, the, the Jewish museum was uh, started even, even before, mm-hmm. because as Jews got equal rights, and later on the Jewish area, the former Jewish ghetto, was uh, raised almost, really. Only the synagogues were left. They wanted to keep uh, their treasures. Prague had a pretty sizable Jewish community. It was one of the bigger Jewish communities in the Middle Ages. Why were there so many Jews in Prague? It was really kind of like the the, the censure of uh, Judaica studies, let's say. Uh, They had uh, very important rabbis over there Mm -hmm. and the religious school in Prague as well. And historically, uh, Jews were important for the economy and with the trade and yeah. money changing and this sort of thing. Wasn't Prague a crossroads, Katerina, that's, of trade yeah, routes? That's what I think that a lot of people saw. Yeah, yeah, their chance also to come if they were businessmen. And so then basically uh, those, you know, whatever goods was taken from the north to the south or west to east or the other way around, Prague basically was really lying on that intersection. So it, was, it was really so an important them. trade center. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. today when we go to Prague and we want to see the, quote, Jewish quarter, it's scattered around, isn't it? I mean, it's not one center. How, how does that work, Jana? Well, it's a part of the original old town, really. That's where the Jewish quarter is situated. Because in the old town, as you were just mentioning, there was the main market, the mm-hmm. old town square. And the Jews were really like settled by the business, really, mm-hmm. next to the old town square. So today it really means originally in the heart of the city. 
And Katrina, when you buy a ticket to the Jewish Quarter, it includes four or five sites that are scattered around the historic it, Jewish well, Quarter? Well, scattered, but but only within a very short uh, walking distance. You know, okay. it's not really going very far. So, yeah, it's very compact in a way. So very quickly review those different buildings that you would see in the oh, Jewish Quarter. Okay, well, so we have the synagogues, um, let's say the first one, the Meisler Synagogue, where we now have the history exhibition, then the second half of that, because the first one covers only the period until the 18th century, so the second half is in the Spanish synagogue. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Pinka synagogue, what is the Holocaust memorial, then the old Jewish cemetery, then the Meisel synagogue, what tells people everything about Judaism, what is Torah, and all these uh, holidays that are celebrated, what they mean, and all that. And then the last side is the ceremonial hall, what is actually the former place for Hevra Kadisha, for the burial society for that brotherhood. So that explains people what are the burial customs in the Jewish uh, tradition and all that. So there's different synagogues that are now serving like museums, one with the old, old history, one with the more modern history, one with the traditions and the festivals and Mm -hmm. the family celebrations. Of course, we've got the Pinchas Synagogue, which has the powerful Holocaust memorial. Jana, when you go into the Pinchas Synagogue, what do you see and what do you hear? It's a quite moving place, really, because, as you were mentioning, there was a big community, Jewish community, not only in Prague, but in around the country. So before the World War II, it was something like 120,000 people, Jewish people living in, in Czechoslovakia. And then uh, when we entered the synagogue, all the walls inside of the synagogue, former synagogue, are really covered with the names of almost 80,000 Czech Jews who were killed during the war. 80,000 names. 80,000 names written, handwritten names in alphabetical order, always with the name of the village or city from which they came from. Mm. The names, first names, surnames, and also date of birth. And, of course, we can always read also the names, the days when they were killed over there. And then to make it even more powerful, Katerina, you hear the audio track. Uh, yes, you actually hear the audio track of all the victims, uh, what were recorded by two, I would say, quite important uh, Czech actor and actresses. So then they read that. And then you also hear actually excerptions of music of Jewish authors who worked, if they could, at least to a certain extent in Terezin, the one of the songs especially they always play there. So you have the appropriate music and you have this somber reading of the names mm. of the nearly 80,000 80, Czechoslovakian Jews killed Czech, by Hitler. Czech Jews, definitely. And I would wow. say because for the, for the Jewish people it's so important to have a grave and the name, this is really what is left. Very important. They couldn't yeah. have the, the graves, so at least... They, they can be remembered with their name. Exactly, exactly. We're learning about the important Jewish history of Old Town Prague right now on Travel with Rick Steves, with tips for how you can experience it for yourself. From our guides from the Czech Republic, Jana Harankova and Katerina Svobodova. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. Donna's on the phone from Oldsmore, Florida, and she has a question about a trip she's planning to take to Prague very soon. Donna, how can we help? Um, My question is, I'll be traveling to Prague uh, for the very first time this spring, and I was wondering, what is the one thing not to miss in the Jewish Quarter, and how much time should I allow for exploring the Jewish Quarter? Well, we were just mentioning the Pinkas Synagogue, Mm -hmm. so that's definitely for me, apart from all the other important synagogues, but that's the the one. Because you've got history and you've got Holocaust Memorial. Exactly. The other ones are culture and history. In fact, the cemetery in Prague, which is so evocative, and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these 
crooked old romantic tombstones on top of tombstones with the little pebbles symbolizing yes. prayers for the loved ones and everything. That's pre-Holocaust, isn't it? That's yeah, very definitely. old. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's from the early, early uh, beginning of yeah. the Jewish history And that's in, a powerful stroll through that incredible it's cemetery. It's unbelievable because uh, they didn't have enough space through the centuries inside of the Jewish quarter, so they were actually burying people on top of each other's. Mm. So we talk about something like 12 layers of people buried on top of Probably a reminder of the congested situation in a ghetto when everybody was living in such tight quarters. So Donna, the most powerful part of the Jewish quarter would be the Pinkas Synagogue. And Katerina, how much time should you allow if you want to? You buy the tickets, so you're paying for all of the admissions. Exactly. If you want to see it all, how how much time? Well, if you you want to see it all, depends also if you go by yourself, you know, or if you take a guide. So I would allow some two, three hours Mm, for a good uh, understanding of the whole area. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I hope that helps, Donna. Yes. Thank you very much. Have a great time exploring Prague and don't miss the Jewish Quarter. Thanks for your call. Carrie's on the line in Hyden Lake, Idaho. Carrie, thanks for your call. Thank you. I would just like to add that we were in Prague last spring in April, and we were there when a lot of the European kids were on their spring trips, and we took a tour of the Jewish Quarter in the morning, and it was absolutely wall-to-wall people. We weren't able to see as much as we wanted. Every synagogue we went into was so crowded, and I would suggest to somebody to take a tour if you want to in the afternoon or go in the afternoon where it might not be quite as crowded. And then the other thing that we did that was absolutely one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had, we took a, a, it was an all-day guided tour out to Ladice in Terrazin. And Ladice just, it was something that I just felt like I had to go see. Terrazin is the former concentration camp that was a show camp that made the, right. uh, when the Red Cross would come in, you know, the Nazis could say, see, we're treating our, our right. Jewish inmates with some kind of dignity. And of course, it was a big sham, and it was a horrific place. And today, we can go to Terrazin, which is an old walled city that used to keep people out, and then it was used by the Nazis to keep people in. But tell us about Ladice. That's That sounds very powerful. It, it's a small village outside of uh, Prague, and when Reinhard Heydrich was assassinated, um, false information was given to the Nazis that the killers were in Ladice. Mm. And the Nazis went out there in, on June 10, 1942, I think I've got my dates right, and they took and shot every male 15 years and older. They took all of the children and moved them out, told the mothers that they were going to be taken to a safe place, but they were gassed. The mothers then were taken, and some of the mothers did survive. Then the town was burned to the ground. I mean, there is absolutely nothing except a few foundations. There is a very nice small museum. There is a powerful statue commemorating the children. I think there were something like 87 or 88 children up to the age of 15, who were taken away and mm. gassed. 
It sounds and like it sounds like Orador sur Glande in, it, in France. Orador, very much, very yeah, similar. A city that Nazis re, for retribution they killed everybody yes. in the town, and today it's just it's it's charred remains are there as a reminder for that atrocity. Yes, and even less than an Orador. Wow. It's just one of those things that I think you have to see. Yana, you take groups there all the time. What's your trick to try to avoid the crowds? Well, my suggestion would be because, uh, as we mentioned, you need to get a ticket uh, to get to the Jewish Museum. And uh, the Pinkas Synagogue is the most popular spot really, and the most moving, as we were mentioning. But don't buy the ticket over there because there is always a long line. So you rather buy the ticket, for example, inside of the Meisel Synagogue, okay. where you can nicely start the tour of the Jewish Museum because inside of the Meisel Synagogue is a like the first part of the history of the Jewish ghetto, you will have the ticket already, and then you don't stay in the line and just go in front of all the people and get in with the ticket. If you see a big long line at the Pinkas Synagogue, it's not to get into the synagogue, it's to buy a ticket to to get into the synagogue. And the ticket has five sections on it, and you can buy that at any of the five places. So go to one of the less popular places. Yeah, yeah, definitely not buying the ticket in a And also maybe what is good that these days, the ticket is good for seven days. So Mm -hmm. actually... So you could come late and go back if it's really Save it for the next day, Mm. yeah. Katerina, by the way, Carrie was talking about Ledici. How do you pronounce this, and and what is your tip as a guide for that? So we pronounce it as Ledice. Ledice. Ledice, because there is the tz sound. And this is a memorial city destroyed by the Nazis Mm -hmm. today, left there so we can remember. I always finish the tour that I go to the new Ledice, what was built just after the war. So Mm -hmm. those few who returned from the war to that area, they actually built the village again, but just next door, Okay, and that gives you a a, a sort of a resurrection hopefulness Exactly, to see that that the city goes goes on. on. Life's going on. Yes. Well, that's a beautiful thing. And when you think about the children victims of the Holocaust, you see that at Ledice, you also see that very powerfully at Terezin, where the adorable children had their kindergartens and they made these beautiful scrapbooks and they did their plays. Isn't there an exhibit in Prague about the Terezin children? Uh, there is, there is as well, because in the uh, side of the Pinka Synagogue on the first floor, there's really moving little exposition of children's drawings so don't miss from that. Terezin, definitely, yeah. right. definitely. Kerry, thank you so much for your call. Oh, thank you. Okay, bye now. Jana Hronkova and Katerina Svobodova are guiding us around the sites of Prague's important Jewish history right now on Travel with Rick Steves. You'll find website links to a number of places we've discussed in the notes to this week's show, and that's in the radio section at ricksteves.com. Our phone number is 877-333-7425, and Kathy's on the line in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Kathy, thanks for your call. Thank you. Appreciate My husband and I are very excited about uh, our upcoming tour. And I like to read a good historical novel before exploring a town, like I will reread The Agony and the Ecstasy before we go to Florence. It brings Michelangelo to life. Um, I'm wondering if um, you or your guides could recommend a, a good historical novel to read before we get to Prague. Well, one, one book that I, I now think about is, was written by Madeleine Albright. It's called The, the Prague Winter. And because Madeleine Albright, uh, she was born in our country, she was born in Czech Republic, so she's got really Czech genes. She's writing really, it's a, like a book about the history of uh, recent history, ni- end of 19th, 20th, his oh, okay. 20th century So our former history. Secretary of State, Yes, Madeleine yes, Albright. yeah, Madeleine okay. Albright, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Excellent. And the book is 
the book is great, really. And she, she it's like a novel about the whole history of the 19th and 20th century. Mm. There you go. Beautiful. Thanks, Kathy, Thanks, for your Ken. call. And I think Kathy's so right. You know, Prague is one of the great cities of Central Europe, and it's a shame to go there and not have any background on, on the culture and the history. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. As we do every week, we're exploring different cultures that we can enjoy in our travels and find a better way to appreciate all of that history and art and people that we're, we're enjoying. Jana and Katerina, as we finish this discussion of the Jewish quarter in Prague, let's talk about the modern Jewish quarter today. It's a gorgeous Art Nouveau. Of course, it was, it was torn down and then rebuilt up just about 100 or 150 years ago. Magnificent architecture. When you walk down the streets in modern Prague's Jewish quarter, what do you think? What do you look for? What do you enjoy? Well, definitely the Art Nouveau buildings over there. Because uh, the former Jewish ghetto was turned down at the end of the 19th century. So that was really the period when the Art Nouveau was very, very popular. So we have gorgeous Art Nouveau houses over there, especially the Paris Avenue, which is uh, really Avenue, now yes. the center, Parisska. That's uh, Paris in, in Czech. Huh? In Czech, Paris. So you've got yeah. this historic area torn down with historic, sort of studded with synagogues and historic Jewish buildings that is all beautiful Art Nouveau. Katerina, what would you look for in today's Jewish quarter of Prague? You know, the problem is that the Jewish community is very small then. We know, of course, why. But still they try to keep those Orthodox tradition because the Prague Jewish town has been always that very section, what we've been describing since the beginning of our talk. The thing is that they are now more synagogues serving only as the venues, but mm. still we can learn a, a lot from there. And they try to mix this old and the new, you know, of course, again, the ways how they are explaining things to the young generation, the to, young ones. To see how the days. Jewish yeah. culture is surviving mm-hmm. and being uh, mm-hmm. passed down to the next generation. Yeah. Very good. Jana? So the life is there still. <laughs> survived the century, survived Hitler, survived communists as well. And, and they, still going. They're still going. They still have services. And as travelers, synagogues. with the help of good guides like you, perhaps, <laughs> I think we can get the most out of our visit. Jana Hrankova and Katerina Svobodova, how will I say thank you in Czech? Děkuji. 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 And too. how would I say thank you very much? Děkuji moc. Děkuji moc. Mm-hmm. Děkuji. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic, Europe Through the Back Door, teaches the skills of smart travel. At Rick Steves' online travel store, you'll also find guidebooks and phrasebooks for Eastern Europe and every other corner of the continent. To learn more about Rick's books, visit the travel store at ricksteves.com.